We are on a new Mishnah on Yavamos Lamed Aleph from Beis 31b3 in the Archul Gemara. Just a quick introduction to the Mishnah, going back to the some of the basics of Yibam. A brother passes away without any children and he's married to two women. And there is a live brother. So the law is that that live brother has to do Yibam or Chalitza to one of the two wives. Uh, if he does Yibam to one, then the other wife is totally exempt, does not have to do Yibam or Chalitza, and he cannot do Yibam. Uh, the other, uh, if he if he does Chalitza, if the live brother does Chalitza to one of the wives, so then also in that case, the other wife, the co-wife, is totally exempt from Yibam or Chalitza. Uh, she cannot do Yibam, and she does not have to do Chalitza, she could just marry whoever she wants. Our Mishnah is discussing a slightly different case. Our Mishnah is discussing a case where the where the brother who passed away was married to one wife, and then he did a mamar to the other wife. Essentially, he had a different brother who passed away without any children. So let's say we have Reuven, Shimon, and Levi. Reuven passes away without any children. Shimon is married to somebody else, and then does mamar does this rabbinic form of an engagement to Reuven's wife to Mrs. Reuven, and then Shimon passes away. So Shimon passes away. And so the question is, do we view this, at least on a, on a rabbinic level at least, uh, do we view this as an equivalent case uh, to the case of a person who's married to two wives? Or do we say that there's concern that people will confuse the two cases? Uh, because when, there's, when ma'amar is done, uh, so then is it like the person has two wives? Well, it's only on a rabbinic level that it's viewed as an engagement. It's not viewed as an engagement on a, on a biblical level. Uh, so the question is, does is anybody allowed to do Yibam? Do they have to do Chalitza in that scenario where Shimon, again, the cases where Shimon passes away, he's married to one wife, he did Ma'amar to the other wife, to Mrs. Ruvain, and then Shimon passes away. The question is, uh, Levi, who is the third brother, what could he do with regards to either Shimon's wife or uh, Shimon's Ma'amar wife, who is Mrs. Ruvain, who was originally Mrs. Ruvain? So let's see this in the Mishnah. Gimel Achen Yisrael Gimel Nachris. Let's say Shem Reuben, Shimon, and Levi, they marry to uh, three women. They're not, uh, nothing to do with relatives or anything like that. They're just, they're all married. All three, Reuben, Shimon, and Levi are all married. Reuben dies. And then Shimon does Ma'amar with Mrs. Reuben. And then Shimon dies. So the question is, what can Levi do? So the law is, We say that for both of them, they both have to do chalitza. Shimon's wife, his original wife, and Mrs. Ruvain, who did mamar with Shimon, both of them have to do chalitza with Levi. Below Mishabos, they cannot do yibam. Shenamar, why not? And we'll see that the Gemara will say explicitly that even though the Mishnah is quoting a pasuk, a verse, this is really a rabbinic decree. This is not a, on a biblical level. This is just a rabbinic decree. Because the verse says, Umeis echamehen yivamo yava leha. It's, it's based off this verse which says that uh, when one of them dies, so then Yibam could be done, and it's only when there's Zika, when there's only when there's a connection uh, to one of the brothers. But Mrs. Ruvain has a connection to Ruvain, and also has a connection to Shimon, because she also did Mamar. So she didn't do the complete Yibam. If she did the complete Yibam, she wouldn't be connected to Ruvain. Uh, and she did. She did do something. She did mamar. So now she's still. She is also connected to Shimon. So she's connected because she did mamar. She's connected to both Ruvain and Shimon because she has not done yibum yet. 
So now when Shimon passes away, it's like Mrs. Ruvain is coming from both Ms. from Ruvain and from Shimon because she only did a mamar. She did not do yibum to say that she's fully connected to Shimon and no longer viewed as the wife of Ruvain. No, she's viewed as the wife of Ruvain and connected to Shimon. In that case, there is an exemption uh, from from Yibam. You still have to do Chalitza, but there's an exemption from Yibam. And we will see in the Gemara that this is really a rabbinic decree. And, and we'll see exactly the reason for this. But on a rabbinic level, we require Chalitza. That is the opinion of the first opinion that's found in the Mishnah. Rabbi Shimon argues, Rabbi Shimon Omer, Rabbi Shimon says, no. You could do Yibam with whichever one you want, and then Chalitza to the other one. And the reasoning for Rabbi Shimon is that Mamar could either work that it's a complete marriage, and it's like Shimon, after he did Mamar, was married to two women. If it's like he was married to two women, so then you only have to do Yibam or Chalitza to one of the two. You would only have to do to one of the two. Uh, because then the other one would be completely exempt. So he's not sure. Rabbi Shimon is not sure. Either it could be viewed as though Mamar does everything, even on a biblical level, and it's like the two of them are co-wives. And we would only require Yibam or Chalitza to one. Or Mamar does nothing. There's, an, uh, there's another option that is entertained by Rabbi Shimon that Mamar, he's just not sure. Mamar could do nothing. If it does nothing, so then these are two women who are not co-wives. If there are two women who are not co-wives, so then really, uh, fundamentally, each one could do Yibam because Shimon's wife is coming from Shimon. Ruvain's wife is coming from Ruvain. They're coming from different brothers. So then really, Levi should be able to do Yibam with each one. The reason why we say not to do Yibam with each one is because we're not sure. Maybe they are co-wives. If they are co-wives, then certainly you cannot do Yibam to each one. You could do Yibam to one of them, but you're not allowed to do Yibam to both wives. If they're, if they're both really viewed as two co-wives, you're not allowed to do Yibam to both co-wives. You could do Yibam to one co-wife. So that's why Rabbi Shimon says, do Yibam to one and Chalitza to the other. We still have to do something to the other because maybe they're not really co-wives. They're coming from two different brothers and you have to do something to both. So we say you're allowed to do Yibam to one and then Chalitza to the other. That is the opinion of Rav Shimon, the second opinion in the Mishnah. But the Gemara now really focuses on the first opinion of the Mishnah. The first opinion of the Mishnah said that we require both Mrs. Shimon, Shimon's original wife, and Mrs. Ruvain, who did Mamar with Shimon, to both do Chalitza. They both have to do Chalitza. As the Mishnah explained the logic behind this, uh, is based on a Pasuk. It seems like it's based on a Pasuk, but the Gemara will immediately say that it's really a rabbinic law. And the Gemara says as follows, Easy, because If it's really true that there's a concept that if they are both, that, that Mrs. Reuven is connected both to Reuven and to Shimon, because Mamar was done. So she retains a connection to Reuven. And she also has a connection to Shimon, and therefore there's an exemption. If that's really the logic, then she shouldn't require Chalitza either. It should be a total exemption. And she shouldn't have to do Yibam, she shouldn't have to do Chalitza. She should be able to marry whoever she wants without doing anything, if it's on a Torah level. So rather, this is a rabbinic decree. This is a rabbinic stringency to say that we require Chalitza. Why? Why do we require Chalitza? The reason is because really, according to this opinion, the first opinion, Myanmar doesn't do anything. It really doesn't do anything on a Torah level. And so therefore on a Torah level, since it doesn't do anything, really they're viewed as Mrs. Ruvain's coming from Ruvain. 
Mrs. Shimon is coming from Shimon, and you should be able to do Yibam to both. On a rabbinic level, we'll say that because Maimar was done, people from the outside will think that Shimon was really married to two wives. And if we allow each one to do Yibam, which we're saying conceptually we should allow each one to do Yibam, because Mrs. Reuven is coming from Reuven, Mrs. Shimon is coming from Shimon. So really, fundamentally, Levi should be able to do Yibam with both Mrs. Shimon and Mrs. Reuven. But we're concerned that because Mamar was done, which works on a rabbinic level, but since Mamar was done, people on the outside will think that uh, it's the equivalent to a case of where a person is married to two wives. And if Yibam is done to both, people will think, ah, we see that if in a regular case where a person is married to two women, that you're allowed to do Yibam to both women, just like Levi could do Yibam to Mrs. Shimon and to Mrs. Rubain, so too uh, there could be a case where a person does Yibam to both co-wives. The truth is that this is not exi- this is not parallel to a case of where they're both co-wives, because Mamar on a Torah level does not make it like it's a co-wife, but there's concern that people will think that they are co-wives and allow Yibam to be done to both co-wives. So the Gemara says, oh, okay, fine. Fine. So then there's a, maybe there's another way to solve it by saying you should do Yibam to one. Levi should do Yibam to one of the two and then do Chalitza to the other one. We should have them do Yibam to one and Chalitza to the other one. Why did we say that you have to do Chalitza to both? At least for one of them you could do Yibam because if it was a regular case of just without Mamar, just a person is married to two women, if he does Yibam to one, and chalitza to the other one, no problem. It's not a violation. It's a problem if it's unnecessary. It might be unnecessary, but it's not a problem. The problem is just for them to both do yibum. So the Gemara says, <laughs> Moving on to Lama Bezam and Aleph, 32A1, that uh, the concern here, says the Gemara, is that if we allow Levi to do yibum to Mrs. Shimon and chalitza to Mrs. Ruvain, then they'll allow it in a regular case where where the husband, the deceased husband, is married to two wives, and the 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 brother, the live brother, will do yibum to one and chalitza to the other one. The Gemara says, "V'yomru, what's the problem?" So what's the problem if they first do yibum and then they do chalitza in a regular case where a person is married to two women? If the brother does Yibam to one and he does Chalitza to the other one, the Chalitza is unnecessary, but it's not a problem. It's not a violation. So the Gemara says that's true. We're not concerned for that case. What we are concerned for is that even if in this case they do Yibam and then Chalitza, but people really don't know about the order and they get confused about the order. So they'll say, you know what, in a case where a person is married to two women, if they did Chalitza first, so then I could do Yibam second. Even though, halakhically, you're not allowed to do that. If you did Chalitza first, there's a violation at the very least, a negative commandment, perhaps even kares, for the live brother to do yibam to his sister-in-law after he already did chalitza to the co-wife. If he did chalitza to the co-wife, uh, there is a total uh, exemption now for the for the other co-wife. Once chalitza is done, you're not allowed to do yibam. And so for him to do yibam would be a violation. So that is our concern. If in our Mishnah's case, which is a case of where Shimon is married to one wife and did Mamar to the other, to Mrs. Ruvain, we're concerned people will think it's equivalent to the case of a person who's married to two wives, where he has there are two co-wives, and if we allow him to do Yibam and then Chalitza, so then there's a concern that that in a regular case where a person is married to two women, they'll do Chalitza first and then Yibam. And that is a problem. That case is a violation. 
And so that is the reason behind this first opinion. The reason why we say do chalitza is all because of a rabbinic concern. People will get confused about the cases. And they will say that just like in the case of where Shimon is married to one wife and Dimamar to the other wife, that the same rules would apply if a person is married just to two women, that they are co-wives. And there's a concern that if we allow for Yibam and then Chalitza, so then uh, they'll get confused and when a person is married to two women, they'll do Chalitza first and then they'll do Yibam, which is a very big problem. So therefore, to solve the problem, the first opinion says, you know what we should do? Always do Chalitza. Do Chalitza to both of them. Do Chalitza to both of them because really, on a Torah level, they're, they're not connected from Shimon. Mrs. Ruvain has a Zika because she was married to Ruvain. Mrs. Shimon has a Zika because she was married to Shimon. They both should do Chalitza. Don't tell them to do Yibam because that will confuse the cases uh, to the other case, uh, but you're allowed to, both of them should do Chalitza. That is the end of that part of the Gemara. The Gemara now has a few more lines, really sort of discussing a separate point. Uh, we know that when it comes to Mamar, let's say there's a case of Mamar. So a person does a person does Mamar. Let's say like the case of the Mishnah. A per, uh, Shimon does Mamar. So in order, if you did Mamar, which is a rabbinic engagement, in order to uh, get divorced or separate from this woman, from Shimon, from Mrs. Ruvain, so in that case, you have to do two things. You have to give a get, which is a normal divorce document, and you have to do chalitza. Since they haven't done yibam yet, so they also have to do chalitza. They have to both give a get and do chalitza. But there is also a unique type of a get, a divorce document, which is discussed in our Gemara now. This unique type of divorce document only applies to mamar, where essentially a person says, I am divorcing you only with regards to our rabbinic engagement of mamar. But we still retain the Zika connection. We still retain that original Zika connection uh, that, that existed right after the husband passed away. And so there is still some sort of a Zika connection. In general, if you give a get of the divorce document, even to the person who you did mamar with and you don't specify, so then the assumption is is that you are completely rejecting her even with regards to Yibam. But if you were to stipulate and say that I'm giving the get only with regards to the mamar, only with regards to the rabbinic engagement, but we still have that Zika, we still have that connection, so that would be, that would be what they intended would be true, that they would still retain a Zika connection. So based on that introduction, Rava says as follows. Amar Rava. Nasan get lemaamaro hutra tsarasa. So we have the same case, right? Uh, where essentially uh, Shimon was married to one wife and then he did mamar to Mrs. Ruvain. But after he did mamar to Mrs. Ruvain, he then gave a get to Mrs. Ruvain. He gave a divorce document to Mrs. Ruvain. And this divorce document was specifically with regards to the mamar, but not with regards to the zika. So they still have a connection, but they don't have mamar. So the law is hutra tsarasa, avalhi asura demichlafa bebaalas get. So since the get was given, so Shimon's wife, no one's going to confuse with this with a case where a person is married to two co-wives because he gave a get with regards to the mamar. Uh, to, to Mrs. Reuben, he gave a get to say that there's no longer an engagement. So now Shimon is really married just to his original wife. That original wife, for sure, is allowed to do Yibam. No questions. Nobody's going to confuse this with a case where a person is married to two women. He's allowed to do Yibam. This, uh, his, his original wife is allowed to do Yibam. Uh, with regards to uh, the co-wife, not the co-wife, but the Mrs. Ruvain, who he did mamar to and then gave a get to, with, specifically with regards to the mamar, 
So then fundamentally, Levi, once Shimon dies, Levi could do Yibam with her uh, because she's still connected to Ruvain. She still misses Ruvain and has that Zika from Ruvain. So fundamentally, she sh- he should be able to do Yibam. But we say that, no, don't do Yibam. Why? Why shouldn't you do Yibam? Because we're going to confuse it with a case where you gave a get, not just for the Mama or for the rabbinic engagement, uh, but you gave a get even with regards to the Zika, even with regards to the bond. And if you gave a get with regards to the bond, so that is a case of Kevin Shalobana Shivlo Yivna, that once one of the brothers essentially said that we're not going to be involved in Yibam here, so then all the brothers, none of the brothers are allowed to do Yibam. They would have to do Chalitza. And even though that's not what the brother did here, the brother gave a get only with regards to the rabbinic engagement, but not to uproot the entire bond, the entire connection, but still, people will get confused, and then they'll think that uh, that that uh, they're going to confuse it with a case where uh, they did Maimar with for the entire. Sorry, they gave a get not just for the Maimar, but for the entire Zika, and people will think that oh, I'm allowed to go ahead and do Yibam, which is not true because since they rejected one brother, rejected the sister-in-law, Mrs. Ruvain, uh, completely based on the giving of the get. So too, none of the brothers are now allowed to do Yibam. So we say. And with regards to that, uh, Mrs. Ruvain, with regards to Mrs. Ruvain, who did Mamar and then received a get, we say, do not do Yibam. You're not allowed to do Yibam. Ikadamri, however, there's an alternative version here, which says as follows. Amar Rava, Rava says, nothing get Lamamaro. If a person gives a get, again, gives this divorce document only with regards to the Mamar, only with regards, their intention is that it should only uproot and remove the Mamar, the rabbinic engagement, but the Zika, the uh, the connection which existed right after the husband passed away continues to exist. So Hutra Filuhi. So then certainly Shimon's wife is allowed to do Yibam because that's the only wife that Shimon has. There's no concern. You'll confuse it to a case where a person is married to two women. But not only is Shimon's wife allowed to do Yibam, but also Mrs. Ruben is also allowed to do Yibam. We're not concerned. We're not going to... My time, my David Bashakle. He did Mamar, and then he gave the get to remove the Mamar. So now we're back to square one where Mrs. Ruben is just the wife of Ruben, has no connection to Shimon. So we say, Levi, after Shimon dies, or and even even before, but Levi could do Yibam with Mrs. Ruvain. And we are not concerned that we're going to confuse it with a case where a person, where Shimon gave a get, not just for the Maimar, but for the entire Zika, for the entire uh, bond. That's not the case here, and people are not going to get confused. Once he gives it only with the guard, gives the get, the divorce document, only with regards to the Maimar, but not with regards to the entire bond, the bond continues to exist, and according to this version, Levi would be allowed to do Yibam with Mrs. Reuven. According to the first version, he's not allowed to because we'll confuse it with a case where a person gave a get uh, for the entire Zika. And once he gives a get for the entire Zika, so then you're not allowed to do Yibam. According to the second version, no, we're not going to confuse the cases and you are allowed to do Yibam to Mrs. Reuven after Shimon gives a get to Mrs. Reuven for the Mamar, specifically for the Mamar, but not for the entire Zika bond. That concludes the Gemara for this Mishnah, and then in next week's recording, we will begin a new Mishnah.